welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and everyone else all over the world. And since the spirit of love, light, and life is within each and every one of us, being love and radiating those higher qualities throughout the atmosphere should come easy for most. But where that may not be the case for some others, for whatever reasons, and there appear many reasons in the outer world, however, all it takes is for individuals to look within to their own mighty I Am Presence and draw from the Spirit of the Living God all the love, joy, and compassion that they require, enough for themselves and enough to share with others. And because the power of love it's not only life-changing for the individual, but also world-changing for the collective, sincerely sharing those higher qualities with one another continuously can transform the world and the earth for the betterment of humanity. Because love is that powerful. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life and y'all be loved. I have not ministered to Earth since my ministry in France. I ministered then to the same individual who, this night, I begin to minister through in America, our beloved Joan of Arc. I feel that it is my duty to do what I can to assist the earth and the people of America who have turned to the light to stand firm and unyielding, and by that power which I shall give them in moving among them, they shall wield the sword of blue flame in their physical hands. Everywhere you draw forth the fiery Christ blue lightning victory of the sacred fire love of the angelic host, you can have that drawn forth in and around you as a permanent focus of the sacred fire in your own atmosphere. And as this is increased through habit, and you gain a momentum, the light becomes brighter, the sacred fire's concentration of invincible victory becomes a greater pressure around you to repel destructive forces. And as time goes on, it becomes the illumination in the atmosphere about you by which you can see into the ascended master's octave, and it also can become the illumination of the pathway ahead of you. We could come between any two seconds and manifest anything in the atmosphere of earth, but if mankind is so concerned with its own everyday activities that it just ignores us, and just thinks no more about this than a passing cloud, well, we are not coming to be ignored, I'll guarantee you that. But, when we come, we come to stay. Before you get used to us, as continuous appearance with you, you must get used to the angelic host first. When you establish the habit of accepting the angelic host, calling them to your assistance, then accepting it, and when you have a manifestation, thanking them, and realizing that they are real and that their love does produce perfection for you, and that that love does make you victorious over destructive forces. When this realization gets deep enough within you, and you have momentum of it around you, 
it's only a breath until we can step through in any outer world crisis and protect you and produce miracles or control conditions that mankind cannot control. That includes the powers of nature and forces of elements of which you are a part. Now all the angels, all ascended masters are angels, but all angels are not ascended masters, because there are untold legions of angels who have never embodied on any world, in any kind of substance except the substance from the great central sun. They do have visible, tangible bodies and substance in which they function, but they have never been through the experienced life of the mankind of this world, or any other planet. They are beings wholly divine, knowing only the use of the sacred fire love to produce manifestations, and to guard manifestation wherever they are called forth to assist life anywhere. Therefore, since those legions come under my direction, and since mankind needs the sacred fire of their love, the more you can give them conscious recognition, the more you can call to them, the more you ask for their sacred fire love to come into this world, well, the greater will the purity manifest, the greater will the assistance come to all that is seeking the light. I hope you will give more recognition to the angelic host. Call them into action to guard all that is near and dear to you, and in guarding, their sacred fire dissolves and consumes what's wrong, protects and strengthens what is right. You have no idea of the power that the legions of the angelic host can focus in one flash through a city, or through the minds and feelings of a whole group of people, or through the atmosphere of earth to, in an instant, prevent destruction. I want you to think on this, become aware of it. I want you to see it. If you ask for it to be revealed, so shall it be established unto you. If you care to have this power of the angelic host's sacred fire love revealed to you and revealed to all mankind, and you demand it, it will have to manifest, for I am the authority for that manifestation in this world, and I offer you this explanation, that you make the call. Applause. Beloved Archangel Michael. Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 2 And now we will try to give a clear insight into one of the chief objects of this work. What we desire to prove is, that underlying every ancient popular religion was the same ancient wisdom doctrine, one and identical, professed and practiced by the initiates of every country, who alone were aware of its existence and importance. To ascertain its origin, and the precise age in which it was matured, is now beyond human possibility. A single glance, however, is enough to assure one that it could not have attained the marvelous perfection in which we find it pictured to us in the relics of the various esoteric systems, except after a succession of ages. A philosophy so profound, a moral code so ennobling, and practical results so conclusive and so uniformly demonstrable is not the growth of a generation, or even a single epoch. Fact must have been piled upon fact, deduction upon deduction, science have begotten science, and myriads of the brightest human intellects to have reflected upon the laws of nature, before this ancient doctrine had taken concrete shape. The proofs of this identity of fundamental doctrine in the old religions are found in the prevalence of a system of initiation, in the secret sacerdotal castes who had the guardianship of mystical words of power, and a public display of a phenomenal control over natural forces, indicating association with preterhuman beings. Every approach to the mysteries of all these nations was guarded with the same jealous care, and in all, the penalty of death was inflicted upon initiates of any degree who divulged the secrets entrusted to them. 
We have seen that such was the case in the Eleusinian and Bacchic mysteries, among the Chaldean Magi and the Egyptian Hierophants, while with the Hindus, from whom they were all derived, the same rule has prevailed from time immemorial. We are left in no doubt upon this point, for the Agrushata Parikshai says explicitly, every initiate, to whatever degree he may belong, who reveals the great sacred formula, must be put to death. Naturally enough, this same extreme penalty was prescribed in all the multifarious sects and brotherhoods which at different periods have sprung from the ancient stock. We find it with the early Essenes, Gnostics, theurgic Neoplatonists, and medieval philosophers, and in our day, even the Masons perpetuate the memory of the old obligations and the penalties of throat-cutting, dismemberment and disemboweling, with which the candidate is threatened. As the Masonic Master's word is communicated only at low breath, so the self-same precaution is prescribed in the Chaldean Book of Numbers and the Jewish Merkaba. When initiated, the neophyte was led by an ancient to a secluded spot, and there the latter whispered in his ear the great secret. The Mason swears, under the most frightful penalties, that he will not communicate the secrets of any degree to a brother of an inferior degree, and the Agrushata Parikshai says, any initiate of the third degree who reveals before the prescribed time, to the initiate of the second degree, the superior truths, must be put to death. Again, the Masonic apprentice consents to have his tongue torn out by the roots if he divulge anything to a profane, and in the Hindu books of initiation, the same Agrushata Parikshai, we find that any initiate of the first degree, the lowest, who betrays the secrets of his initiation, to members of other castes, for whom the science should be a closed book, must have his tongue cut out, and suffer other mutilations. H. P. Blavatsky As we proceed, we will point out the evidences of this identity of vows, formulas, rites, and doctrines, between the ancient faiths. We will also show that not only their memory is still preserved in India, but also that the secret association is still alive and as active as ever. That, after reading what we have to say, it may be inferred that the chief pontiff and hierophants, the Brahmatma, is still accessible to those who know, though perhaps recognized by another name, and that the ramifications of his influence extend throughout the world. But we will now return again to the early Christian period. As though he were not aware that there was any esoteric significance to the exoteric symbols, and that the mysteries themselves were composed of two parts, the lesser at Agri, and the higher ones at Eleusinia, Clemens Alexandrinus, with a rancorous bigotry that one might expect from a renegade Neoplatonist, but is astonished to find in this generally honest and learned father, stigmatized the mysteries as indecent and diabolical. Whatever were the rites enacted among the neophytes before they passed to a higher form of instruction, however misunderstood were the trials of catharsis or purification, during which they were submitted to every kind of probation, and however much the immaterial or physical aspect might have led to calumny, it is but wicked prejudice which can compel a person to say that under this external meaning, there was not a far deeper and spiritual significance. It is positively absurd to judge the ancients from our own standpoint of propriety and virtue. And most assuredly it is not for the Church, which now stands accused by all the modern symbologists of having adopted precisely these same emblems in their coarsest aspect, and feels herself powerless to refute the accusations, to throw the stone at those who were her models. When men like Pythagoras, Plato, Iamblichus, renowned for their severe morality, took part in the mysteries, and spoke of them with veneration, it ill behooves our modern critics to judge them so rashly upon their merely external aspects. Iamblichus explains the worst, and his explanation, for an unprejudiced mind, ought to be perfectly plausible. 
Exhibitions of this kind, he says, in the mysteries were designed to free us from licentious passions, by gratifying the sight, and at the same time vanquishing all evil thought, through the awful sanctity with which these rites were accompanied. The wisest and best men in the pagan world, adds Dr. Warburton, are unanimous in this, that the mysteries were instituted pure, and proposed the noblest ends by the worthiest means. H.P. Blavatsky Volume 16 Beloved of the light, as we enter into the release of that which we wish to draw into your outer use I ask you to feel not only the reality of our presence, but I wish you to become acquainted with the power of the angelic host. When it comes to the direction of those activities of the sacred fire which must be drawn into the physical octave to more quickly consume destructive conditions, then there must come the assistance of those great beings of the angelic host, who are not only the guardians of that fire, but who are the directors of its terrific electronic force. As we move forward in the greater understanding of the immense service, the immortal service which the great angelic host render to the people of earth, we will call forth the eternal divine memory in each life stream of that absolute acceptance of the reality of the angelic host, because all mankind centuries ago knew, accepted, and conversed with the angelic host. But as the discord grew greater, the angelic host, being holy, pure beings of love, had to recede until the cycle in which the violet consuming flame could be given, by which certain purification could take place that would again make it possible for the angelic host to come closer into mankind's outer daily activities. You, who have been the chosen people of the present age, because of the light you have received and this knowledge of the mighty I am presence, and because of the love and the great assistance from your beloved Master Saint Germain and all who come with him, we wish to draw to each of you more power of the angelic host, which means more dynamic, victorious action of the sacred fire's victorious love, from the great central sun. And that has nothing whatsoever to do with what you call love in the physical world. This of which I speak is the activity from the great central sun that is drawn into outer concentrated action at the command of the angelic host when your call goes forth to them, for the assistance of their love of the sacred fire, to become the law of your world. And when you begin to acknowledge, I am the immortal power of the angelic host. I am the cosmic law of their victorious action to the earth, then there will come quickly to your assistance great beings whose power of love will enter into each of you, and become for you the greater strength and attainment which makes your victory absolutely certain in everything, to which you turn your attention. Beloved Archangel Michael This greater closeness with the angelic host is absolutely imperative at this time if you are to receive greater help, and enable you to do quickly that which is necessary in the outer. Therefore, if you call the power of the angelic host into victorious action in the physical octave, then you will have the flame, the eternal flame of cosmic Christ love, filling your beings and worlds, and becoming for you the authority and power that makes it impossible for destructive forces to connect with you, to interrupt that which you wish to accomplish in bringing forth perfection. You see, all these greater powers of life's perfection of which we have been speaking are already in existence, in action, in our great octave of life and in all the cosmic realms of creation. And in order for that power to come into your outer direction and control destructive condition here, that you might have protection, it is imperative to set that law into action in your world. It is your octave that needs the action of our cosmic law. 
We do not need the action of your law, heaven knows. We don't want it. But you need the action, mark you, of our law in your physical affairs. Therefore, if you will demand the cosmic law's action of the angelic host's victorious presence in your physical affairs, it means that they come and draw the flame that compels that which is not the victory of their love to be consumed. Their flame is all authority over everything in all creation. From the highest to the lowest, their flame is master. And when you begin the acknowledgement of I am the law of the great angelic host's victorious mastery in the physical world, then there will move in and around and before you, those blessed beings whose love is forever all power required in the use of the sacred fire to govern everything. Perhaps I am a little partial to the angelic host. It's not surprising if I am, but naturally, I have been one of their directors for a long while. And I say to you, there isn't anything in this world you require so much as your continual acknowledgement of your mighty I am presence, and the law and the power and the victory of the angelic host in your business affairs. Now isn't that the eighth wonder of the world? Laughter. It will be, when it comes. Applause, audience rising. Thank you precious ones. Won't you be seated please? Beloved Archangel Michael. Mm-hmm.